After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and More podcast, Deuce Mason. Alongside Morgan Reagan, we are recording this. On a Thursday night. Oh, is that what night it is? It's about 8.22 p.m. Pacific time. We just got back from Golden One Center as the Kings wrapped up day three of training camp. We got a lot to go over on the podcast today. Obviously going to be talking about what we saw at training camp. Plus, we'll hear from Damanis Sabonis. And we got to bounce around the NBA because there's a lot of shit going around the league right now. Morgan, Reagan, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I love me a late night Kings practice. That was fun. I love a late night practice. And why do you love it so much? Morgan, because we have to be up at late. I am totally changing my approach to the oh, season. get this. Okay, say and it. We're, doing, we're changing our approach. Yes. So, you know, during the season, we're up late. Right. We end the podcast sometimes. It's 1130. It's midnight. By the time I'm going to bed, Deuce is going to bed about 2 a.m. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm waking up at 730. It's just not healthy. Not right. Good and then the, that night I fall asleep at like 830 and I'm struggling to stay up to watch games. No, no, no. Uh-uh. This year, Deuce Mason is a night guy. He's hey on hey. my off night. I'm staying up late. Deuce the night guy. That's what you're going to be calling him. Because yeah. he's staying up late. So am I. I'm going to be, that's going to be my, uh, I'm going to get my body clock going. Yes, I think it's going to be good for us. Yeah, I agree. I just, I want to be, I want to be a good person at night. I want to be a good person when I wake up. Um, I don't want to force anything on yeah. myself. So, yep, that's how I'm going to do it. So I enjoyed tonight's practice. It, we didn't even get in there until closer to 7 p.m. And um, we got to see some actual scrimmaging going on. Yeah. None of the starters, just, um, I was going to say a lot of the other guys. That just sounds like so. Well, they were scrimmaging for a while, right? They did four 12-minute quarters, according to Mike Brown. But when we got in there, it was the fourth quarter. I don't know the exact timing. I don't know. Around five minutes. F- five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So you saw different lineups. Sasha was out there for a minute. You saw Colby Jones, Jalen Slauson. Um, you saw Jordan Ford out Kessler there, Keon Edwards. Ellis, Kessler Edwards was out there. Sasha Vizenkov. Yeah, I mentioned Sasha was out there yep, too for did. some lineups. Just um, Alex know, yeah. Len was out there. He was. Uh, Chance Comanche. Those are just off the top of my head. Deontay so, Burton. Deontay Burton had a really nice jam. I might even put up like the final two minutes of the scrimmage just cool. so people could kind of see what we get to see. So Love this it. isn't like football. And I think that's one thing that I want people to know. If you're a big football fan, all the beat writers get to go out there and they get to watch like a full training camp. And those guys are charting like, Hey, this guy got how many two, you know, second team reps, or this is how many throws that Trey Lance made with the third team, or this guy got whatever, or, Hey, this is how many picks Brock Purdy threw in the preseason. We don't get that type of stuff in the, in the NBA. No. So when people want to make these bold proclamations about, Hey, this guy was playing this during an NBA training camp, we get to see a sliver of it. We're talking about that. We didn't see any of the starters today. So for us, it's just good. And for me, what I do, I just try to watch, okay, what kind of actions are they running? What's the compete level? How hard are these That's guys what playing? I watch. That's what I'm watching. I don't give a shit who's playing out there yeah, yeah. or who has what jersey on at that point in a practice. 
I just care about like what the energy is yep. like, right? Exactly. The compete level. Um, what is Mike Brown even doing? He's allowing other coaches to coach these teams. Um, and Mike Brown is just watching from afar, you know, and just really, whether he's studying the guys, guys, observing the guys, whatever, but yeah. And what I think one of the things that we were pointing out was the shit talking that was going mm. on. It's so, but it, it's like in this beautiful, fun way, it, all it's doing is lighting fires under people's asses to do a little more. It's friendly. Um, I just, I enjoy that atmosphere. Yeah. And some of it was the Kings bench at the time, the guys who were not playing. It was like the King stars, Sabonis, Fox, Barnes, Herder, all those guys were on one bench watching Jalen Slauson made a move to the basket that looked nice, but everyone jumped up claiming it was a travel. The officials who were there officiating did not call a travel. So they start jawing back and forth with Slauson about it being a travel. He starts talking shit back. It was great. Then at the end, he made a couple of nice plays at a nice bucket too. Um, and it was, it was cool. Like, it's like, yeah, he, this rookie's not going to be intimidated by these guys. Like he's going to go ahead and jaw back and forth with them. And that was one of the takeaways I had today was just, that it, you get the sense after talking to some of the guys today, we talked to Sabonis, mm -hmm. Kevin Herter, and then, of course, head coach Mike Brown, that in this second year, of course, there's like just more chemistry on the floor, but there's more of a comfortability with like talking. Yes. Right? Like, yes. you think about last year, Keegan Murray was a rookie. Sabonis was still kind of getting to know Fox. Kevin Herter was new. Malik Monk was new. He knew like, De'Aaron Fox and Jay Triano and some, you know, uh, Dutch Gately, one of the assistants. But for the most part, there were so many new players. They were still getting to know each other. Davion was starting to come out of his shell a little mm -hmm. bit. This year, there is a lot more talking. And it's not just like the shit talking I'm referencing. It's that. It's more communication defensively. A lot of people highlighting how vocal De'Aaron's been, Davion's been, JaVale McGee. That's kind of been the early theme of practice is the or training camp. The communication's been a lot better, so yeah, that's good. I love it. It seems like people aren't nervous. Uh, like you said, you use the word comfortable. Uh, that comfort level is there. And with that, you can only imagine that it's starting off a little better already in training camp than where it was even last year when guys didn't know each other so well. Yeah, and then the other thing that's been talked about a lot Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, it started right when we heard from Mike Brown at media day is physicality. They want the physicality and they're saying it's happening. And now they have to do it in an actual game. But Demonis Sabonis was talking about that today, how like, Hey, like it, it's great. We're doing it here, but this needs to happen. Like in the preseason, we have to keep playing physical. Here's a Sabonis when asked about that physicality. I know Coach has been talking a lot about the physicality. You guys need to be more physical this year. Are you seeing that early on? Are you guys? Yeah, for sure. Today we definitely felt that, you know, a couple guys were banged up, but um, it's good, you know. We just got to bring this energy for the for the first preseason game. Bring that energy for... I, I love that they have that approach. Like, yeah, take, don't wait till opening night in Utah or that home opener against the Golden State Warriors. Like, that's got to be day one -ish. Set the tone. Set the tone. And I... I exactly what... Day one ish. It was just a wrestling reference that no one got besides <laughs> no. me. So I winked at the camera. What, can, just you, for the, can you tell us what that was now uh, that you just even you said? You don't know it? about the Usos and it's fine. It's Oh, it's so this is a new this is like a new wrestling thing. It's not that new. It's actually, you know, it's it's older. The Usos are newer. No, they've been around for a, a decade plus in WWE, but that's not the point. You you're ruining it now. Can we just move on? I'm not, that was not for you. Believe it or not, not for you. You didn't get it. It wasn't for you. It was for the one person watching. Or You're listening treating later. me like the audio guy right now, and I do not like and it. <laughs> I'm just pointing uh, at the audio guy. So the physicality and, like I was saying, like setting the tone early. I don't care if it's, uh, um, you know, what type of game is it, it is. If it's in the beginning of the season, if it's in the postseason, if it's in the middle of the season, have your identity down and make sure that people are going to hurt every time that they do play you. Yes. Um, we also need to hit some more Demona Sabonis. How about that? Because uh, he did talk about a couple of things today after day three of training camp. And the other thing that was encouraging that he talked about was he feels like they're ahead of where they were at this time last year. Here's Sabonis today. For last year, I think we're way, way, way ahead. You know, um, like I said, everyone's in shape, so if, 
it didn't get sloppy. We just kept we just we, we just kept playing, being physical, competing, and uh, it was fun. Domas, everybody's in shape, but you guys are also starting from a lot further along than where you were last year. Mm -hmm. You had to put in the offense and the defense. Yeah. How much does that help in, that you guys already know what you, what you need to do? It helps a lot. You know, practices are shorter, so um, legs are, legs are more fresh. But then on the court, you know, we already have that chemistry. You know. We're just trying to, you know, there's maybe a little bit of rust from, from, from the summer, but today, today was a really good day. I love that. I mean, we were basically talking about the way things must be much better starting this training camp just from comfort and communication and all those things. And like, he's saying that from even a physical standpoint, it's like, look, because we have all of that, it's allowing us to finish things off faster, not have to waste so much legs because it's things we already know. Yeah, it just allows them to go out there and play a little bit too. You know, obviously, you know, this week you, you get day one and it's definitely going over some things that you're going to change, setting what what the tone is going to be for camp. Then day two, you're, you're starting to install some things, going through the half court sets, a little bit of playing. Today was like the first real day of it. And they were in there this morning too, doing some work, working out, getting shots up. And then the scrimmages were tonight. Um, tomorrow is going to be a little different for them. They're going non-contact tomorrow. They're yes. going to do a film day. So they're watching everything that happened during the scrimmages to break it down for the guys, show what they could do better, all that stuff, and then getting shots up. Then Saturday, they got to shoot around, and then they fly to Vancouver, get ready for that game on Sunday. It's going to be – they're going to be there. Like, it's going to be so short. Yeah, Jay Triano, uh, King's assistant coach, is from Canada, and he came up to me and uh, – camp the other day and because he knew we had gone to canada and he goes hey how was it I'm like, it's amazing banff was incredible and i was like dude vancouver man you got to be excited he goes i was trying to convince the coaching staff to go like three days early he's <laughs> like you got to get used to the currency right coach you got to get used to the elevation he goes man we're only going to be there like less than 24 hours it's going to be a quick trip in. but Locked vancouver in. i have talked to so many people about vancouver and everyone's like i can't believe they they let the Grizzlies go to Memphis. And that, no, I'm not shitting on Memphis. Yeah, I'm no, just saying, like, Vancouver is just such a great city yeah. that it was surprising that they let a team leave. Yeah. I, I think someone I even asked Kevin Herter about, like, oh, are you excited to go to Vancouver? Um, and he was like, yeah, it's such a short trip, but you know, at least maybe we get to see the city when we go to dinner or something. So um, hopefully they go to, get to go to dinner happy. Uh, one last bonus thing from today. It was actually the first time I didn't realize this. We haven't really had the chance to talk to him about his extension. No one asked him about it at media day. Like, remember, Sabonis signed an extension. Yeah. Why didn't anyone ask I him? I don't know. I don't know. It didn't come up until today, but uh, he talked about uh, how excited he is to be staying in Sacramento. I wanted to stay here, so when the opportunity came, you know, uh, I was more than happy to sign. When were you convinced that this was the place? Uh, I mean, this happened, I always say, uh, day one when I got traded and I walked out and I got a standing ovation from the fans, you know, um, I care about that, all that stuff, you know, and uh, the fans have been big uh, to me and my family, everyone here. We talked about this being your NBA home. Does it feel like that now with this extension? Uh, yeah, of course. You know, um, there's a lot of trust in me in this franchise, you know, uh, for, for uh, Fox and I to uh, lead, and um, we're excited. How much does that partnership have to do with your your desire to stay here long term? Oh, big. You know, having having a dynamic guard like that, a superstar that can uh, do everything, you know, do everything, offense and defense. Um, means everything you guys saw it last year you know what i mean and for me as a big to play with something like that makes life so much easier one thing about sabonis when he talks to the media it's going to be four and a half minutes he talks so fast he answered so many questions today but it's always like super fast he's get in get, get out, out. smart Good but move. what i appreciate appreciate yeah. it about him is that he's listening he's trying to answer your question to the best of his knowledge and like i mean obviously he's going to remain professional but yeah I appreciate it. Um, I love that he wants to be here. I love that he loves playing with De'Aaron Fox. I also, I know like the fan thing isn't the reason he signed the extension, but him referencing the fact that his first game when he just got the standing ovation felt that energy in the building and that that stuff matters to him. Yeah, I do believe that. I swear to God, if I was an NBA player, that shit would matter to me too. Are you I wanna, kidding me? Could yes. you imagine playing in an NBA market where like it's just even when you're good, the fans just aren't into it because it's like a football town, right? right? Or 
I want to go to a place where there's energy on a Tuesday night, no matter who the opponent is. It just, it. I yeah. mean, wouldn't that just make your job more fun? Wouldn't that make your life a little bit more fun when you're coming into a place and you know that people are rooting you on and like you? Yeah, that's fun. What's that like? Another thing that was brought up today at King's training camp, uh, Mike Brown, I feel like everyone was asked about Sasha. I feel like every day it's like, hey, so how's Sasha looking? Not only was that, <laughs> What's like, he looking, man? even when I posted like a small video, yeah. like, okay, at King's training camp, you know, we have a podcast later. Multiple DMs, yeah. people tweeting about like, can you get Sasha video? How'd Sasha look? Wow. What'd Sasha do today? Yeah. Um, well, we we haven't seen a lot of Sasha. We saw a little bit of him play today, but not that much. Um, so th- I don't think there was anything Mm-mm. that necessarily jumped out to me. But yeah, um, one of the things that was interesting is Mike Brown was kind of raving like what he can do. He's like the the biggest question for him and is defensively that's what he's talking about but he said offensively he's like he the first thing that mike brown mentioned was not his shooting he's talking about just how he fits how he moves how he works inside Mm -hmm. his passing and his iq and then he brought up and then he's like and of course the shooting um he said the question is defensively can he get down and guard his man and he goes you know it's no secret teams are gonna try to go at go at him but he said even defensively though he's a smart defender and he plays physical yes so that that's gonna be the biggest question that we've talked about literally all off season it's like i i, I know he's a smart player i know he could play physical what's it gonna look like against some of these challenging matchups now that i've seen him in person and been around him a little bit more whatever been around him for like the last couple of days just seeing yeah. his size i saw him out lined up on the free throw line right next to alex len and i was like oh shit he's bigger than i thought he's a big dude i like i i had that moment i was like okay you are a big human um yeah and so that's why even when mike brown talks about like the physicality like the guy is a big dude that can still move and do so much with just having that on his side. We need to talk about some expectations. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> okay. Why, why do you look at me like that? Because you did a dramatic spin. Uh, there's a reason I you did said, it. Oh. Obviously, there's a reason I did it. Okay. John Hollinger of The <laughs> Athletic. John Hollinger, of uh, course, got to start with ESPN, worked uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies in their front office for years. Now he's been with The Athletic. Uh, I don't think John Hollinger has ever said anything really glowing about the Sacramento Kings. Okay. Now, in all fairness, there hasn't been a ton nope. since he's been with The Athletic. Last year was a good example, but I always feel like it's very challenging for him to just even give him a little love, a little love. Uh, so John Hollinger wrote a piece, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Morgan. Okay. Five teams that will fall short of expectations okay. this year. I love expectations. And he goes by the over-under. He mentions Oklahoma City, which okay. a lot of teams are high on. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, or a lot of people are high on. The Phoenix Suns. Yep. The Chicago Bulls. The Orlando Magic. And your Sacramento Kings. He says they will be under 44 and a half wins this year. They won 48 games last year. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a guess before I read some of this to all you guys? You guys want to take a guess about like what was one of the things he brought up with the Kings last year? Okay, I'm going to guess because I was even what I was couldn't wait till uh-huh. you told me, but I'm going to guess the defense, right? No, he definitely brings up the defense, but okay, let me rephrase that question. <laughs> What was one of the things that he was mentioning? Like, look, I know they were good last year, but, but what was his butt about the Kings? But they were healthy. They were healthy. Oh, yeah. no, not this. No. Here's, here's his call. He did give a little love at the beginning. He says, Sacramento is going into the year after the year, coming off one of the all-time vibe seasons in NBA history. Fair. The crowds were amazing. And the beam was the greatest invention since fire. But this is a new season and things could get a little tricky. Okay. So I, I like it. He tried to butter up the fan base a little bit. Like, hey, maybe if I'm nice, and then I get into it. Yeah, yeah. He says, let's start with injuries or rather lack of them. No. Historically, every, everybody being healthy all year hasn't been a sustainable life hack. So the Kings insane durability last season is highly unlikely to repeat itself. 
Gutting out survivable injuries the way Damanis Sabonis did a year ago helps at the margins, but most of the time when bones break and muscles pull, the only fix is an extended absence. Sacramento has virtually no chance of being more healthy than last season and a huge chance of reverting to the mean. It helps that the Kings' top players all have strong records of durability and are comparative, uh, comparative, I can't even talk right now. They are young, but even if they're young, top seven vets, not including Keegan Murray, played the same number of games they did last in the 21-22 season, the Kings would lose 43 more man games to injury. Murray played 80 games himself. That number seems likely to go down this year. Um, Let's break that down. Yeah, and then we'll go into the rest. Sure. I feel like I, I understand the argument that the Kings were relatively healthy. Because they, I mean, they were on NBA standards yeah. of not sitting out. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like we talked to Fox. He was banged out, play, banged up, played through it. You know, Trey Lyles had some things. Malik, like, guys played through things. And then, I don't know, DeMondis Sabonis literally played through it. We saw in the playoffs, like, Fox and Sabonis playing banged up and hurt. Yeah, I think guys are going to miss more games this year in all sure. likelihood. But, like, if that's, like, your big argument, I'm like, I also think that the, you can make the case that the Kings are much deeper than they were last year and can withstand if a guy is out for a little bit. That, so not only having, you're totally right, not only having more of that depth and seeing what Mike Brown can do yeah. with that depth, if they have to have that next man up mentality because someone is out because of an extended absence. But I think the thing that you really got to look at is a lot of these bodies are still young enough yeah. where they are fighting through. They're not fighting through. They're pushing through the banged up injuries, the broken thumbs, all this other shit that they went through instead of being one of the other teams in the NBA that go, we got to sit him out. Or they, we we should sit him out. Oh, my God. Hey, you know, it's better if he sits out with that injury. When really, we all, I mean, most people, anyone that's played sports, how many injuries have you played through, right? And I think sometimes protect over-protecting these players with that um, has hurt teams a lot. And that's why with the Kings, it was nice to see so many guys like, all right, put dirt on it. Let's go. Let's make sure we make this postseason. The one thing he did mention in the next paragraph that the Kings have arguments in their favor, starting with the overall age of the roster and continuing toward the potential for Murray to break out in his second season after shredding summer league. On the other hand, this team was 25th in defense and there's not much reason to expect that figure to improve. The Kings lack a wing stopper and have zero rim protection. The only plus defender is backup guard Davion Mitchell, whose offense made him borderline unplayable in the postseason. Now that line I, I, I get, you know, I, I don't think that the Kings did a crazy amount to improve, but I think there were more stretches last year where they played some good defense. Like, and you saw a little bit in the playoffs, and I think the second year thing matters. I also think you saw more signs from De'Aaron Fox, even adding some like JaVale McGee to the mix. I, and I, I'm surprised someone like him would not mention that they were eighth in defensive rating on the road. That's your favorite stat. Um you say they didn't do anything crazy to improve. I think sometimes we get really caught up in in people think of improving is automatically adding a a defensive individual. And obviously that is improvement. But there's other ways of improvement. I think even just alone when you look at the continuity and the chemistry and the the way that Mike Brown helped this team become a better defensive team as the season went on, exhibit A, look at the playoffs, look at what type of team they became. Like, who's to say they can't become that same type of defensive team starting this yeah. season? I, I just think they have a ceiling as a, this group until they add that, okay. that piece. I, mean, I think they're going to be better defensively. I really do think I, they're going to be better. I agree with that. And I'm not acting like even middle of the pack better. Um, I just think that they're going to be a better defensive team. But his his point off of last year is valid. 
He said the Kings used their offseason capital to secure uh, the core of the team, essentially surrounding the first-round pick to turn Rashawn Holmes' cap number into a rich extension for Sabonis. That left them with limited resources to upgrade a roster whose shaky depth was largely masked by the durability of the top players. The Kings rarely had to get into the soft underbelly of their roster last season because of their health. Only 10 players played more than 400 minutes, and only 8 topped 1,000. At the margins, they did some stuff, which is a disgusting like backhand John Hollinger comp compliment right is that even a comp they did some stuff <laughs> that's how I took it okay they did some that's your analysis you know at the margins they did some stuff replacing Terrence Davis with Chris Duarte is likely a wash but does give him a bit more size in the wings something that was in short supply with the bench yeah and I, I think that, like, Terrence Davis, more explosive of a score. Like, mm -hmm. he can drop 30 on you. Chris Duarte, he's going to be a guy that could come off, dribble handoffs. He's got a little more size, can defend a little bit. Showed that he can hit the three in the fir his first season in the NBA, wasn't healthy in the second season. Look, and I hope that we are talking about with Chris Duarte that having Domas Sabonis back on his team and feeling that connection again is something else that takes his game back to the next level not only not only obviously being healthy again but also having that and he's i think they've both have talked about that before again you can't bank on that but it's something you did see promise in even in his first year in the league uh he also mentioned sasha as a slow but crafty shooter who could further juice what was the league's top regular season offense a year ago dot 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 and could also make a bad defense even worse. The Kings also made an attempt to add some rim protection by signing JaVale McGee, but he's 35 and was unplayable in Dallas last season. I don't expect the Kings to be bad or anything, but I do see them as a fairly obvious team that drops. He called them a plexiglass principle, a team that's going to drop. It seems very reasonable to expect the Kings to take a half step back after outkicking their coverage one year ago, especially given how crowded the West looks. His JaVale McGee breakdown, um, I thought that was... I, I think it was a bad fit in Dallas. It, that, I that's just, where I yeah. look at it as. I go unplayable with that team yes. on that roster. Like, yeah. So anyway, that would be my one thing. I mean, I, I think overall, I, I don't think he's giving enough credit to, one, how good the offense was. And adding Sasha, like, was... Uh, he's, he couldn't help the offense, but he's slow and his defense can be bad. Like, he didn't get enough credit to, like, hey, there were some defensive moments here or there or in the playoffs. Yeah. I understand some of the questions. I just think their offense, which was really explosive last year, can be even more explosive this year. I think defense could be better just with another year together. I think he was a little dismissive of it. Uh, as far as the win total, yeah, I mean, I could see this team not winning as many games this year. It's all... Totally possible. If they're not as healthy, they could win 45 games. Sure. And the West is hard. Well, I, I mean, that alone. And also, you look at other teams around the West, and every season, we go, oh, man, is it going to be these guys? Is it going to be these guys? And just track record with those teams, those guys that I keep just saying, those guys are usually teams that, all have health issues, yeah. right? I mean, their their star players aren't playing games in the beginning of the season, so then they're not even building chemistry. So then, when they are healthy at the end of the season, there is no chemistry there. Uh, it just doesn't work. Well, so and that's what's wild to me. Like, if you're going to question teams maybe not living up the hype, why? I'd be more willing to be like, hey, the Lakers, and here's why LeBron and AD haven't proven they could stay healthy the last three years. Yeah, but when they do, it looks great. I, like that to me. I, I don't think the Kings staying healthy and guys fighting through stuff should be a knock on their potential as a group. Like, hey, I mean, they're not going to be this healthy. It's like, okay, like, let's just say they're not as healthy. How many wins does that drop them? You know, there's also games at the end of the year you go, they probably should have had 50 games. So I, I just, I don't think it makes that dramatic of a difference. Now, if they lose Sabonis or Fox for an extended time, yeah, it's going to hurt just like any team would get hurt if they lost one of their star guys. Yeah. It's um again, I think for one of the teams to go after in this league, I thought that was an interesting choice. Um, because I, I don't know why you wouldn't feel like, oh, maybe they can grow off of what they started to build, but it's kind of like you said, there's a lot of people 
in this business, in this league that kind of feel like it was a fluke or like. I told you this the other night. Yeah. I told you this after media day. People go sleepy sleep on this team. It's okay. Sleep on them. That's fine. Yeah, that's good. And I'm not that's like they're good. flawless. Like the defense is the biggest, the biggest question mark for Absolutely. me this year. Absolutely. The defense and teams obviously knowing a little bit more of what they're made of, but they knew what they were made of last year and still couldn't stop a guy or force him to go go right. Or they yeah. couldn't, you know, uh, stop a guy in clutch minutes. So it's it's like they couldn't do it then. So we'll see what they can do this season. Appreciate everyone watching us live right now. If you have not yet, Thank can you do God. us a favor? Ugh. Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed to all that stuff does is help our channel grow. So more and more people see our podcast, see our content, all the stuff that we're doing all year long. Uh, let's get to some comments in the chat, if you don't mind. Let's do Panties Andy, who will get the number one seed? I don't know who's going to get the number one seed. I still think Denver is the front runner in the Western Conference. Um, that's fair. I yeah. mean, again, going off of last year, like, why wouldn't you go in that direction? One of my favorite things from Media Day was when someone was asking Jokic about his offseason. Yeah. And he says he touched a basketball a couple of times. Not much this offseason. And then someone else asked him, like, an NBA person at a... It's like an NBA social media person. And they're like, what's changed since you won a championship? And he's just, like, looking around. And he goes... Not much. Nothing. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, I think some people get irritated because you're like, hey, man, do you love this? Because he, the second that season ends, that guy leaves. Yeah. And then he comes back at the, he's, I'll come back when I'm ready. When I need to. It's training camp time, I'll come back. Yeah. But like, at the same time, you're like, dude, he is that great. Like, of it, course he loves the game. Yeah. No, you know what? But growing up, wasn't it always annoying when one person that maybe you played with or did something with was always good and didn't have to practice, always fast and didn't have to run? All, you know, all these things, it was always annoying. But at the same time, it's like, that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah. The guy, if the guy did not touch a ball this offseason and he can still be in the MVP conversation every year. Oh my God. He's doing something right. Yeah. He's, he's fine. Good I think for he's him. okay. He he has found he has found <laughs> the answer to balance in life. Well, it cracks me up though, because he gets more amped with like the horse racing than than, <laughs> than like winning a championship. Oh yeah, didn't he have uh, Aaron Gordon with him over the summer and they were like betting on horses or something? <laughs> they, there's like visuals of that. It's no, I love it. I, I love it. It's um I mean, people wouldn't understand this because I've been watching Real Housewives, but there's like this one housewife on New York who's like the anti-housewife. Like she's wearing jeans to the reunions when everyone else is wearing gowns. And wow, it's like bold. she's the best. Everyone loves her. And I just think about like he is like the anti uh, like pro that everyone wants to see in an athlete, right? Like you just want to see someone love it. We'll do anything for it. And Jokic doesn't is look like, like he just is like this big goof. Yes, like, yeah. I'm just the best. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Nerd Wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Let's get some more comments. Shawnee Sean, do you think Coach Brown will play Kessler the same way he played Akpala at the beginning of the year? Uh, well, I mean, he... He started Casey Akpala right. to start the year. So, no, I, I don't think so. I know someone, I think Matt George might have mentioned, like, about yesterday mm. when we went to training camp, we we came in, the, the, the huddle was going on. But, you know, guys wear different colored jerseys for scrimmages yeah. when they're going up and down the floor. And it looked like at one point that Kessler Edwards was playing with the second team. I, I'm going to be honest. I put zero stock in this stuff. Like, Especially at the end of a, a he, practice. He was, yeah, I'm sure he got some second team reps. But like I said, this is not like the NFL, right? Like they're going to experiment with different lineups. Yeah, let's throw Kessler with the second unit. Uh, Sasha was on the third team, someone mentioned that uh, that day too. I'm like, oh. well, yeah, because they're just having these guys play with different guys. It's training camp. It's early in. You, re you really just want to see how different groupings look together, how they're running plays. Maybe this guy runs his play better with this guy or how they're communicating. I just don't put much stock into that. As far as Kessler Edwards and him breaking into the rotation, the thing with Kessler is, in my opinion, pretty simple. If he could prove that his offense can be more of a factor, like he can knock down a three on a consistent basis, I think they love his size, his length, mm. and strength, and what he can do defensively. I mean, that's... But you got to be able to knock down a shot. Yeah. His wingspan alone. Ugh, and just in really quick, speaking of knocking down a shot, because I feel like we touched on this a little bit, but each Kevin Herter, Domas, and Mike Brown all talking about Davion and just him being more vocal, but also just adding so much more to his game. It sounds like he's being vocal, not only when he's just That's talking to his teammates, but also on the floor when he's like taking over and making things happen. Yeah, Mike Brown reference. I think Sabonis did too. Where yeah. there, he he's getting more comfortable just running the team. Like he, it's not just knowing what he needs to do. He knows what everyone needs to be doing, especially offensively. I think Sabonis even mentioned he's not looking to score. He's looking to get guys involved. And you know, Davion's a smart guy. The guy really cares about the game, and he pays attention, and he wants to get better. He works hard. He even mentioned at media day how he's kind of changed his approach in the gym too, where he used to be there all the time, like working out like constantly. And he, he's learning like, oh, maybe that's not totally good for me all the time. Good. Be lifting all the time and playing. I mean, everyone's got to do what's best for them, but he's learning about himself. Balance. and He's entering his what? Third year. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Shane and Daniel. Not enough Malik facts. More monk. <laughs> There's nothing to add. I, I mean, here, here's the other thing that you guys should know about training camp. You get to talk to two players and a coach. Yep. And the, the players rotate. You're not going to talk to the same, at least with the Kings, you're not going to talk about the same ones every day, right? So Sabonis well, and Herder were today and Mike Brown. You know, Malik Monk talked the other day. Maybe we'll talk to him again next week, I'm guessing. Yeah. Sometimes you wait an hour to hear yeah. 15 minutes of um, people talking. And sometimes you get that five to 10 minutes of watching the end of a practice. And that's ugh, my favorite. I have a question for you in the live chat. Oh, yes, please. Do we have a rivalry building in the NBA? When you Are you going to give me well, specifics? I will. Okay. Wh who are the real rivals anymore in the NBA? I think right now, would you say, I, I know this is probably me being a homer, but oh. after last year, I might go a little Kings Warriors. It's geographical. They, they play... They're ge geographic rivals, right? They're in the same area. Sure. They uh, played each other in the first round. It got intense. Here's what makes a good rivalry. You got to be, bo you, both teams need to be pretty good. That's, okay. That's, okay. Compete. Yes. Both teams need to be legit. There's got to be a few times where there's maybe some chirping or altercation, and maybe there's some smack talk during the offseason. 
some of that matters. Okay. I mean, that can you play maybe a playoff series or something. Yeah. And I think also people want to sometimes create the narrative of a rivalry because it either helps them or it's just drama and it's fun to talk about. But I think your position on the Kings and the Warriors after last season, it sounds very homerish, but I think it's actually fair at this moment in time. And, and maybe it's it's and it, maybe it's nothing after maybe this it's year. Starting maybe it's starting to become one. And maybe it's maybe it's also ending. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you just it. But I understand something's brewing there at least. I think Bucks Celtics has a great chance to be one. One, these two teams have battled in the playoffs before, and now you've got kind of this arms race between the two right mm-hmm. now. Drew Holiday in Boston, like that has something. And now like Nuggets Lakers to me. I feel like there's something to this Nuggets Lakers thing. I mean, it, okay. You, the Nuggets and Lakers have been doing some chirping, and it started over the off season when Mike uh, Malone, Michael Malone, was introduced at the Nuggets parade as the Lakers daddy, which is hilarious. The Lakers daddy, uh, Michael Malone. That is funny. And then remember LeBron, like after they got eliminated, was hinting at the fact that he was contemplating retirement. retirement. Yeah. And then Malone went on Pat McAfee's show. This is from ESPN. Okay. Speaking of the Lakers, I just want you guys to know, this is breaking news. I'm thinking about retiring, so don't tell anybody. Ooh. Le- you know, kind of a little yeah, pot yeah, shot yeah, yeah. at LeBron. He, he and LeBron go way back, too. Malone coached him when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was an assistant there. Anyway, at media day, more stuff happened. Anthony Davis speaking to the media, called all the trash talk motivational. He said there was just so much of that going on. It was like, all right, we get it. Y'all won. But me and Braun had some conversations like, we can't wait to play them again. Uh, Austin Reeves talking about the same stuff. He says, I was happy to see Denver as the first game. It's a big night for them as it should be. You tip your hat to them. They played a hell of a series against us. But at the end of the day, we can go get a win and go get that win on their ring night. Obviously not spoil their day completely, but start off our season in a good way. Apparently LeBron, I forgot about this over the offseason too, he acknowledged it on Instagram, the whole Michael Blown mm-hmm. thing, said, I hear I'm on your mind that much, huh? I mean, I guess I see why. Enjoy your light, but just know I'm the sun. Dude, that is a promo by LeBron. Enjoy the light, but know this. I'm the sun. If Roman Reigns said that on SmackDown, we would pop for that. We? I would pop for that. There we go. We would pop for that. (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, Darvin Ham. Here's another thing from the article. Vowed, uh, he was on the Uncut League Uncut podcast the following month and vowed, this shit ain't over. Malone said, uh, Darvin Ham. Oh. Malone said, oh, they're talking about us? That was like four months ago. I can't speak for anybody in LA, but if they're still worried about us, that's on them. This is a new season, new challenge, but it was a hell of a series against them. So with that said, do we consider Lakers Nuggets a rivalry? They played each other. Uh-huh. You've got star players, LeBron, yeah. AD, Jokic. It was a sweep. Sweep. It was competitive, but it was the conference finals, and they've been doing some chirping. Here's the thing. I think if we were covering these teams personally... I'm sure right now, if we were a Nuggets podcast, a Lakers podcast, we'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a rivalry brewing. Here we go. Because, like, the belief is there when you have especially so much star power that, like, those games are going to be big and fun. Nationally, those games are going to be big and fun, right? So, like, I personally, from the outside, am not standing here going, like, like, oh, like I you're I'm the sun, you're the light, whatever that promo. I'm I'm not good at wrestling promos. Um or Well try here, try to do okay. a wrestling promo. Act like uh this is the line. Okay. You are in front of a huge audience right now. You're getting ready for a big pay-per-view match the next you have to sell this to the crowd at home. You're on live TV. I'm the camera guy. Your line is enjoy your light, but just just know I'm the sun. Okay. 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 Hold on. And this is your go home. This is like you've been keep the camera on. <laughs> Enjoy your light, but just know I'm the sun. And I 
throw the mic. And, then and that's cool. Now, actually, I needed you. This was an alternate angle camera. Oh. I need you to look at that camera and do I it. That's the main one. That's the hard cam. The alternate that's angle the one cam. I thought was the people at no, home. No, 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 no. And this so just, I was like telling the, the this fans. This is for social. This is for See, social. Like, okay. So you do that camera. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy your light. But just know I'm the I'm a heel, so oh. everyone's like, boo, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm doing this. I, I just didn't like the <laughs> smile. It was just like, that's because hey, it was my evil serious. smile. Hey, that was it was email. an evil You were smirking. I don't know. That was Let's an see what evil the chat smirk. Says. Let's see. <laughs> Is this a horror movie? Oh my God. That deserved a slow clap. Oh my God. 9.2 out of 10? Thank you what see okay i'm getting a little face palms there but that's okay that was that was the that's i'm so glad i brought now, that now, character out let's show you how it's really done just for you okay okay, okay. And so the fans yeah. people at home okay now I feel like i'm gonna smile fun. because yeah oh yeah it's not so easy is it god imagine if, how how Don't great imagine. would it be just no no it. picture this okay lakers nuggets before that game it's like the the Lakers are at home the the game before and they just beat like the Clippers. Okay. They're interviewing LeBron after the game. LeBron, what do you think about Denver? And he just grabs the mic. I hear. I hear I'm on your mind that much, huh? I mean, I guess I see why. But enjoy your light. Because I'm the sun. You literally didn't even say the right words. What I did? It's enjoy your light, but just know I'm the sun. What, you, said, you said, but enjoy your light. I'm the sun because I've, I'm the sun. I turned it. I, I made it my own. I'm an actor. Oh. Actors don't just follow a script. A lot of actors it's, it's, do. They're guidelines. Are you in... Wait. Oh, my God. I don't think... Line, unless, like, that is what the director wants, that is not the case. Too dramatic? 4.2 out of 10. Flubbed. Oh, my God. Flubbed. Okay. <laughs> You're not doing it again. You lost. I, can, I, I, can I do a little less intense? Okay. Just do the last line, not the whole thing. I feel like I need that last, last no, line. No, because I wanted the whole thing, okay. but then I only got the last line. So, Jokic and you bums in Denver, I got one message for you. Enjoy your light, but just know I'm the sun. <laughs> How was that one? Way better, because you were definitely yourself. Like, you were, you were you. Deuce Mason as a heel, but, like, on an NBA team somehow. Oh. Someone says, cringe AF. One out of ten. I do. I do love that line. Patsky says, "Please stop, Deuce." <laughs> Chills. Thank you. Chills. I'll make it stop. Can you guys just have fun with me for once? <laughs> We're laughing. I'm laughing. Uh, just have fun. I like it. All right. Uh, so you're not totally on board with it being a rivalry just yet. Yeah, but but again, like I said, if I was closer to the situation, it's probably I'm how on we're it. feeling. It's like it's brewing. The NBA, I've said for a long time, needs more of these. You know, so many of the players like each other and stuff, and that's fine. Like each other off the floor, but on the floor, I want you guys to go at it. I want a little smack talk back and forth. I want to know now. I'm going to be more intrigued by Lakers Nuggets now. Okay. I'm like, cool. There's going to be a little something there. They're going to try. They've been doing a lot of John. If you can hype me for a game by playing some promo cuts from these guys showing social media, the media day stuff, the parade, that just draws me in. It, you you build in some emotion headed into a game, and sometimes in a regular season, you need it. Now, I want it to be authentic. Not everything is a rivalry just because two teams don't like Thank each you. other. But I think two teams that some would say are competing for a championship, Nuggets definitely are. The sure. Lakers could be in the mix, too. I think that equates to that sure and that's why i even brought up king's warriors because i look at that and go i think there's a shot yeah that, that is a real rivalry drama drama doesn't mean rivalry um anymore necessarily but yes there's other elements to this that can lead to a rivalry sure we gotta talk some james harden morgan reagan 
I know. Well, we talked about him earlier in the week. Yeah, so James Harden no-showed to Media Day, but did show up a couple of days later to Colorado. That's where the Sixers, Nick Nurse, his first year as head coach, they're holding training camp this year. Interesting, right? Because it's Colorado, and the Sixers have a goal that maybe they'll be playing NBA Finals games in Colorado and Denver, taking on the Nuggets. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's what they want. But anyway, James Harden showed up there, and I know everyone likes to clown Harden. Right? Oh, he's out of shape. He looks like he's in great shape. He, he does. Is. He looks like he's in great shape. He showed up the camp. Yeah. To his credit, right now he is there. He skipped out in the media day portion, uh, but he showed up. Sam Amick had some details Ooh. today in the athletic. He said league sources say Harden is also taking part because he remains hopeful that a trade to the Clippers is still in the works and believes for now that would be wise to not be a distraction. Good job. Good job. I mean, wh why didn't anyone tell you this advice like seven teams ago? No, truly, like it's that that I understand sometimes in this league, like you have to make a fit to to get your way. But when it's the same old shit over and over and over again, it does get old. It, I mean, even for teams, I'm sure it's like, wait, why do we want this guy if he's just going to bitch his way out of here, right? So it is very smart. I'm glad that he took someone's advice. I'm glad that he's for there for now. Yeah. I'm glad that he's there. I'm glad that he's in shape. Good. Like, try try to enjoy and play basketball. You're making a shit ton of money still. Like, enjoy that part of it. It's not for Daryl Morey. It's for your, your own reputation, your own individual play. Focus on yourself if that's going to make you feel better. League sources tell The Athletic that the Clippers have been talking to several teams about ways to move pick swaps for additional draft capital with the intention of bolstering their offer and getting a deal done. Apparently, the Clippers offered the Sixers an unprotected first-round pick, a pick swap, and salaries for Harden in July, but Philly has set a much higher threshold. The Sixers have valued fifth year for Terrence Mann and multiple first round picks in a potential trade with the Clippers man average 8.8 .8 points 3.4 rebounds a season ago has become a prospect of interest for teams over the past couple of years okay a couple of things yeah I like Terrence Mann but like if you're the Clippers like if that's what's holding this up Terrence Mann like, like get the stop it trade Terrence it's trade Terrence Mann yeah. find some other picks or something yeah um I mean, if that's what you're trying to do, right? Because I, I, I like Terrence Mann. Yeah. But. I get it. But, like, I mean, if this is what, if you want James Hart, like, what do we, this, that's what's going to break the deal. You obviously don't want him that bad if you're not willing to part ways. Or it sounds it's like an ego thing. trip kind it's, of thing. It's the pick thing, I think, that's probably coming into play. And I think what's hard about that is, like, okay, yeah, we're going to trade for James Hart. He's an expiring deal. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to give up all this draft capital and hope that it just works. It just, it's a lot. To risk, especially for someone his age. And then you go, okay, does it all fit together? Does yeah. Harden, Westbrook, and uh, Paul George, and Kawhi, how does that all mesh together? Yeah, and that sounds like a very interesting team. It sounds like uh, if you have the right coaching staff and these guys are willing to adjust and accept roles and listen and be open to that, you can have a really fun team. I mean, you have some very talented pieces if you looked at it like that. It is interesting though that Harden got to this point because remember, like, he he made it clear he did not want to be on any. He did not want to play for or be a part of any team that Daryl Morey was a part of. Well, he is right now, so I don't know. Maybe he's just like, hey, it'll be good karma. Go out there and maybe they'll trade me if I just, just go up and show out, and it's good for my reputation. Yeah, but I mean whatever it is, I'm just, I am glad that he is doing it because it is not only good for his reputation, but yeah. if you are stuck on this team and you're the asshole that isn't showing up to anything that isn't playing, that isn't getting to know guys, like you're just ruining it for everybody. And I understand it. You got to protect yourself, but you've done this multiple times now where it just, it gets a little old god of disco in the chat says last time everybody criticized maury for being patient or impatient or i guess being patient my bad he flipped ben simmons for more than he was worth the mainstream nba talk might eat their words on this one um yeah i mean that was 
it was impressive that he was able to get that deal done. I think there was more of a hope that Simmons was at that level of being an all-star, right? Like, it's easy to look at that now and go, what a deal. But at the time, I think there was still thought like, well, like Ben's Ben just needs a new spot. Like, this guy's been an all-defensive player. He's still young. He's been an all-star. That this, do, this deal does make some sense. But I just think it's a, in a different it's at a different point now. Like Harden is older. He's on an expiring deal. I think his reputation, to be honest, has taken a hit around the league. It's not like you're hearing about eight teams picking up the phone and hitting up the Sixers about Harden. It seems like according to their, if you believe the reports out there, it's the Clippers that are interested. Yeah. The Clippers. That's There's one no- team guys. Like, yeah, it's, it's wild to think about, that and I think some people go, well, talent trumps all, and that's what people want when they think of James Harden. I, if anything, I think for some people you'd think like, oh, we can sell a few extra tickets. But what I feel like there are a lot of good basketball teams in this league right now. You know what I mean? Not a lot of teams are just like are like, oh, we're going through this process so we can just take on this guy. We're going through this. Pro- I mean, I'm, I'm I'm going from Orlando to Houston, like all these teams. Like, why would you want to add James Harden to your roster into what you're maybe trying to accomplish and what you're trying to do? And that's why with like the Clippers situation, you have a situation. Make it happen. Yeah. I, I It's going to be interesting if that deal does happen where he goes to L.A., what does that look like? How does that all work? Again, depends on how the people, meaning the coaches, in my opinion, how they manage that. Well, Ty Lue's one of the best at it. Right. He and is. that's in and, and and but like I know it's Ty Lue, but it's Ty Lue and the coaching staff. Cause that is a shit ton of star energy right there. It's like you're gonna you just have to hope that everyone's willing to be their most mature and buy in to what you're trying to accomplish, especially if they all want the same thing. Another piece of news that happened today involved the WNBA. It looks like they're expanding to the Bay Area, and then the latest we're hearing is that Portland will be getting a team. They're going to start playing in San Francisco in 2025. The new franchise is likely to be known as Golden State to reflect a fan base across the entire Bay Area. However, internal discussions will continue over the next few months on whether it will be called the Warriors or by another name, as well as uniforms and logos. So the league's going to be expanding um, from 12 to, what, 14 teams now. Yeah. I'm happy, like, that the league is expanding. They needed to add teams. The Bay Area makes a lot of sense. I am just personally bummed that Sacramento's not getting one, and... I think it's a market that deserves it. And I think it's a market that can handle it. And maybe the NBA is overthinking. And look, I get there's so many factors. The league has to want to have a team in Sacramento. Um, There would have to be an ownership group that wants to pay the money to expand, whether that's Vivek or an outside party, Mm -hmm. whoever, to to make that move. But, dude, it's just crazy. This team's already been here. They won a championship. They have got, like, Hall of Fame talent that's rolled through yes. here. One of, Carol Lawson's coaching at Duke. Yolanda Griffin, Hall of I Famer. Mean, Tisha's amazing. The like, impact that yeah. that a, a women's team made yeah. in this city, especially in a time where sports radio shows, radio shows, I mean, sports shows, we're just talking shit about yeah. women's sports. We're not empowering it. We're not trying to push it over in any way, shape, or form. So it was only being put down at this, that time. And now you can only imagine now that there has been, I feel like, so much more of a culture shift of people being more accepting and then understanding and realizing, wow, there's real good talent here. Why are we not consuming this? And especially in this town, this basketball town, yes, it deserves it. It sucks. Um, I'm happy that the WNBA is expanding because you are seeing so many good basketball players in that league right now get cut because there's not enough team and there's getting they're getting better and better talent. Yeah. But that means that they have to cut people and sometimes those people are still very good basketball players. The league is in a good spot. They've got all the talent. And like you said, they're they're cutting some really talented players. The ratings are up big time. 
I just hope they get to a spot where they can expand more in that Sacramento as a candidate. It's also weird to me, like Houston, the Comets won all those championships. They just don't like have a team. I don't know. Say what? I don't know. And I get, I get Golden State, the Bay Area. It's a large region. I know. I get it. It's just maybe we just feel that little way about Golden State still right now being in Sacramento. I feel that. Way. I mean, I and, and that's the other thing. When Sacramento had a team, the Bay Area didn't have a team. And I know. So you actually had people don't realize it. A lot of people came up from the. It wasn't just Sacramento that supported. A lot of people came from the Bay Area to support the Monarchs. I am very happy for yeah. the Bay Area. I'm very happy that they get a women's team. Um, it's again, it's just it sucks what that that team is not here in Sacramento, a basketball town um, that I think really deserves it. But yeah, good for the WNBA. This is a great thing for sports altogether. Well, we're going to be back live again for the first preseason Ooh. night chat following Kings Raptors that night. We'll watch the game. Apparently, the games are going to be streaming at kings.com, for those who don't know. Yes. Four of the five games will be on kings.com uh, streaming, and then one of them will be on NBC Sports California. We'll update that schedule on cool. Sunday, but we can tell you this. Sunday, Kings Raptors will be live after the game. And, of course, we're going to have content on our YouTube page a ton all season long, so make sure you're locked into that. We love you guys so, so, so much, but we... Gots to go. Ugh, you're all badass for being. Have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya! Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.